Hey, how do you guys handle giving answers to customers? Do you do you put the meat, the vegetables, and potato on the plate, or do you just kind of give them the vegetables and that's it? Stick around. Let's have some fun with these questions. Hello, everybody. Jeff Mason, your host of Simple Biz 360 Podcast, coming to you from St. Louis, and we are beaming from Half Coast Studios. Maddie on the boards, 28 listening channels, IGTV, Gab TV, and YouTube TV. So if you want to sign up and subscribe to any one of those, we'd love to have you follow the show every week. Thursday morning, 6 a.m. is when we release. We've never missed a week. This is episode 120. Never missed a week since we started October. October 2019. So we're having tons of fun here, just trying to help with the business experience, elevating business experiences so that you have better long-term business results and you serve customers better and you grow your customer satisfaction. That's what we're all about. We have a book, Simple Biz 360, Timeless Business Tools, available on Amazon, 1895, Audible version of it at 895, or it's available on our website. It's like a resource book. We've got eight tool drawers in there, 255 tools in these eight operational areas that are all kind of geared towards just trying to elevate the customer satisfaction experience. So today we're talking about answer depth, right? How deep do you go? What do you, what do you give customers and what don't you? Well, what? So here's the ultimate question. What is your customer service relationship posture? I mean, are you one that, that, that deals with answers on a reactive basis when customers act, ask, or are you baking this into your proactive programs? Do you have a different posture for customers and a different one for associates and vendors, or do you have the same for both associates, vendors, and and customers? So, so what are they? Have you identified them? Have you put some um, guardrails down on them and some you know kind of processes baked into them? Are your answers clear and easy to understand for the customer? Um, if you take a look at over my shoulder, uh, that's our BCN format challenge, right? Brief, clear, and number. We love uh, correspondence and we love things that are brief, things that are clear, easy to understand. And if you got seven of them, tell somebody there's seven of them in there, right? So are your answers laid out like that? Do you give your reader the three course meals, the steak, the potatoes, the vegetables, or are you just handing them over the vegetables? Um, do you answer in generality so you can leave room uh, for wiggle, right? Oh, um, you know, what is that doing to the customer? Have you ever thought? What, how does that transfer and translate to the customer, do you make customers work to get answers? Do you, do you make do you do you like you know? Hey, could you please give me the tracking information on that order? It shipped yesterday. Okay, that's not what I asked. I asked for the tracking information. Can you send me the tracking information? UPS. No, no, no. Can I have the tracking number? I asked for the tracking information. How specific do I have to get? Here it is. Um, three times just to get the tracking number. I mean, are you doing that to customers? Uh, and, and you th might think, oh, this guy's crazy. People, I've worked for 32 different companies and I've been in 32 different customer service machines. They do it all the time. It drives me batty. But, you know, the question is, are you doing it? If you are, we got to talk about this. Flush it out. Figure out another way, right? Um, do you make, uh, do, do you offer low 
detail answers that, that force the customer to pry for more information. Just like that scenario, are they just the low detail? Are you specifically like that because you want to save your time? You want to scoot to other things or you don't want to give the customer all the information or you hate customers? I don't know. But, you know, we got to get out of that low detail because the low detail never seems to address the why. Are you ever addressing the why? And why is why important? Well, don't you want to know when something changes? You want to know why, right? If a price change, a delivery change, something change, why? Well, why do you even have to ask it? Why don't we just provide that, right? Are we doing that for customers? Um, and then, you know, what's the better posture for, for healthy repeat and referral opportunities? And, and, and you know, I mean... It, that's what we've got to think of. We put, we put money on the line. We take out second mortgages. We dip into credit cards. We dip into savings. We start these companies. We want repeat customers. We want referral customers. We want long-term customers. We don't want to reinvent a lost customer, do we? No, neither do you. So, you know, how do we approach this kind of thing? So let's, let's take a look. What, uh, just a couple quick stories. And, and this really gets, this, this first one really gets me because... What I'm about to tell you, I can't understand how board of directors, how executive leadership, um, other executives in the company allow for this to go on. But here's the scenario. So one of my buddies takes an executive role with a foreign company. And this foreign company has a CEO that he now reports to. And so he's forewarned by the other executives and managers in the company, hey, hey, brace yourself. You're, it, you know, don't ever ask multiple questions in an email. He says, well, why is that? Well, the CEO only answers the first sentence of every email. I'm sorry, come again? Yeah, the CEO only answers the first email, first sentence of every email. So I asked my buddy, I said, so he's telling me this. I said, so is this really true? He goes, Jeff, I'm pulling my hair out. I, I mean, yes, it's absolutely true. Now, folks, I mean, why? Why does that CEO um, take, the, take that posture? Does that CEO realize that he is, uh, or she, whoever it is, is eroding the internal team framework that they're that they're showing disrespect to other team members, that they're showing disrespect to direct reports, that they're showing disrespect to the board of directors and to the if it's a publicly held company, the shareholders and to the customers and to the vendors. Why do you do that? And shame on you. And you know what? I, th I hope the board of directors in any company that has that has enough moxie to say, I got to check into this to see if my company's infected with that kind of stuff. Because that's garbage, man. That is pure, pure, unfiltered. Don't have any other term for it. That is garbage. Got to go. That CEO should be terminated tomorrow if they've been doing that intentionally. I'm sorry. That's just a bunch of junk. Now, neighbor of mine, right? Insurance. Uh, company that he works for. He says, Jeff, this insurance company is going to wither away in, in no time. Why? He goes, oh, I, dude, I just left. He says, it's crazy. They've gone to AI. So they've gone to AI to handle their claims processing. And so, so what is this doing? This is, first of all, not giving these policyholders a person to talk to and get answers from. So now they're forced to go and get answers from an automated system. They're being put on hold to try to get into the, the proper area to ask questions for sometimes an hour or more. People, 
policyholders are leaving in droves. The company doesn't care. Somebody sold them on an AI model that, 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 that suggested that they could handle these claims processing through artificial intelligence and they could do it much better than people. What's it doing? It's creating a bevy of questions that are unanswerable. They're unan- maybe they're answerable, but, but not in a time frame that's conducive to keeping people on board. I shared with you weeks ago, months ago maybe, that I terminated my um, television supplier, my Wi-Fi supplier, and my phone supplier basically in one fell swoop. And I did it because of over the last six years, the amount of hours that I have spent trying to get answers, trying to straighten things out, trying to get to the bottom of things. And I keep getting the runaround, keep getting blame shifting, department shifting. Oh, I'm not the guy to answer. I have to transfer you over to her. Oh, I'm not the one to transfer over to him. Blah, 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 blah. And I finally said, you know what, guys? If you screw this billing up one more time, I mean, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I've spent 18 hours over the last six years dealing with this. I'm done. And you know what? That company lost about $330 of my monthly revenue. So I don't know if other people are doing the same, but you know, once you had have had it, you've had it. Do you want your customers to get to that posture where they say, I've had it, I'm done, I'm out? No, none of us want to. Let those big companies trip all over themselves and do all that stupid stuff. Not us, not people who are taking mortgages out and people that are working hard to attain the levels we are in companies. And we need to show more respect to our associates, our vendors, our suppliers, our, our upline, our downline, whoever it is, right? I mean, that's just, and, and just from a human point of view, from a decency point of view, don't people deserve better than that? Doesn't this, 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 this CEO guy, just girl, whatever, whoever he is, that just, I, I, my boils me. I mean, I'm boiled over that. Out, get that person out of that chair immediately. That's just horrible. Now, you guys listening, viewing, you have you have hundreds and thousands of stories like I've just shared with you. And, you know, I think the beauty of having our ears open and our eyes open when we're in and amongst the business community and society is to hear for these things, to see these things, to realize we're not alone in this, to realize there's so many mistakes being made. There's so many people out there causing other people to work so hard for simple answers. Am I doing that to my customers in my company? Am I doing that to my customers with my daily work habits? Those are the questions we need to be asking ourselves because there is nothing better than, uh, I said this in a podcast I did a couple, uh, couple uh, actually uh, a couple days ago, and it was, uh, the question was, you know, what makes you do this? And you know, when someone comes back to me and says, Jeff, I love the way you do business. You make my job so easy. Why? Why do I make their job so easy? Because I proactively give them a lot of answers to questions that I know they have, but I don't wait for them to ask for it. I don't give them the vegetables. I give them the vegetables. I give them the potatoes. I put the butter on the potatoes. I put the sour cream to the side. I give them the meat, cook the meat the way they want it, and I give it to them in a way where all they have to do is sit down, grab the utensils, eat the meal, enjoy the meal, 
And I don't want to create all this extra work for people who are already taxed, who are already busy, who are already clamoring to try to find more time in their day. When you can hit a chord with respecting their time and because their time is their money and their, their time is their advancement in the company they're in and the more time they have to do their other jobs, other portions of their jobs, the, the better off they're going to provide for their families. And if you can feed in to that thinking and that mentality and to that um, assistance in that professional success story for that buyer of yours or that customer of yours, gosh, that's what you want to have somebody say. Jeff, you make my job so much easier. I wish there were other vendors like you. Yes, that puts a beat in my step. That's why I, I've been doing working so hard for this because I want you to value that. You just told me you did. Now, they're not always going to tell you. But how do they value? They come back for more business growth and they grow and grow. Now, not every, I've got plenty of businesses that don't want to buy into that at all. They don't care. All they want me to do is what they tell me to do. And when I don't do that, I'm not a friend. You know, I don't, I don't want anything to do with that guy Mason and the stuff he does. Okay, so be it. You're going to run into that. But for the most part, you'll appeal to people uh, this way for sure. So answer depth. How deep do you want to go? How easy do you want to make it? Do you want to be proactive or reactive? Start thinking about how you could change the mechanics of how you provide service and do what you do. It, it, it's just the great, greatest feeling. So the Lost in the Shuffle track today, right? Bob Dylan, I want to say it's 1963, 1962. Came out as a single, then it went on an album uh, in 1963. Blowing in the Wind. I mean, no customer, right, wants answers blowing in the wind. But this is a great reminder that we don't want to just um, let our customer service blow in the wind. We want to give people good information. We want to answer questions before they even ask them. Get to the customer first before they get to you. Man, when you start to harness this, folks, you, uh, the, you what will unfold in front of you is repeat business and referral business like you've never imagined. Just try it. It's out there. So Bob Dylan, 1963, blowing in the wind. Duluth homegrown. You ever been to Duluth, Minnesota? You need to go. Seriously. Uh, you get to Minnesota, you get to Minneapolis and Minnesota, you go about three hours north, right? Right up 35. You go right to Duluth, great at the base of Lake Superior there, a, a port, a shipping town, it's cool, got a great gallery set up there, beautiful lakeside walk, I've run Grandma's Marathon up there, which is a, a beautiful experience in June, and I love, I just was up there in October, and uh, oh gosh, it's just a, one of the treasure cities of our country, and that is where Robert Dylan is from. So enjoy the tune. And as always, we say, if you want to improve the results, improve the how you do business. That's the key to it, right? The, the experience is what's driving things. The team of horses are those experienced horses pulling the results cart now. That's what we're seeing, right? So, and just think of that atmospheric story from Starbucks. Go back to 116, episode 116, and watch that if you haven't. That'll kind of sum it all up. But, but guys, really, um, that's the art of the deal. And hey, there, there is so much information available to you that we really encourage you to start being a digger. Dig for information. Be an information hunter. 
do your own research. Go out there and find stuff. Be a truth teller. I mean, the time has come. We just have heard so many lies. We need more truth. We need more truth tellers. Turn off TV cable news. It is just programming. It's mind poison. Turn on a podcast. There's tens of thousands of these coming out all the time, just like ours. They're so cool. There's so many of them. Turn them on, man. Have some fun with it. Read the Bible. Pray. And most of all, love the Lord God with all your heart, mind, and soul. And we will see you in 168 hours. Thanks so much.